Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks, the What Podcast, where we are elevating the voice of women in basketball. I'm Tara. And I'm Cassidy. Thank you so much for listening today. We've got a great show coming up. Today, we are talking to Katie Heindel, whose work has appeared in The Athletic, Real GM, Dime Magazine, Rolling Stone, and ESPN. She writes the Basketball Feelings newsletter, and she is the curator of NBA Summer Vacation Watch on Yahoo Canada. So we're going to learn a little bit more about her and what some of the NBA players have been up to this offseason. Welcome to the show, Katie. <laughs> Hi, both. Thank you so much for having me. So, Katie, we start off our uh, podcast with icebreakers, and uh, we had a vacation-themed one this week since we're going to be learning about NBA vacations, among <laughs> other things. And um, this one just, like, I was in the woods this weekend, and this one just came to me out of nowhere. So I w- I'm hoping that everybody is down with this. <laughs> um, so the icebreaker this week is what four NBA stars would you like to see in a remake of The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants? Now, for people who don't know The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, it's a story about four young women who are friends and they uh, go off and have their like summer coming of age adventures. But the thing that bonds them all is they've all found this pair of jeans that miraculously fits everybody, miraculously fits everybody. So they pass it along and it's a book and a movie and it follows the adventure of whoever is wearing the pants at the time. So you guys might be able to add a more helpful introduction. (laughs) (laughs) But who would like to start with the four NBA players that they would like to see in the remake up of the sisterhood of the traveling pants? Uh, I can start. I can start because this was probably way too much fun for me to do. (laughs) Um, So I think right off the bat, uh, I thought that Jimmy Butler is a hundred percent Blake Lively's character (laughs) Um, because he's kind of like the tall hot one. He's like, he's like independent. He's kind of like a bad, like, I don't know. He, he's not really a bad boy, but I think he thinks he is. And in, in the movie, she's really sort of struggling with this, like, what her identity is going to be and like her coming of age and her power. Um, but also he loves soccer. So, and she loves soccer in the movie. So that's I felt right. Like she that went that to soccer camp. Easy. Yeah. She goes to a soccer camp for, and has a romantic, no spoilers, but she has a romantic uh, 
uh, escapade. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want me to give all of them? Yeah, go. Why don't you go ahead and do okay. all yours? Okay, cool. Um, and then uh, Amber Tamberlin is like kind of the edgy one. Um, and this one, I, I I struggled whether it should be like someone in the league who's sort of fake edgy or really edgy. But then I think all that went out the window after I don't know if you saw the pictures that have been going around of Kyle Kuzma in that wild looking outfit he was wearing yesterday <laughs> with like orange pants, these like crazy wraparound sunglasses. And he was just posing. He went to like a contemporary art gallery, I think, and was just like posing in front of work alone. <laughs> so I feel like he was, he's that character. Um, that works. And then, yeah, <laughs> good timing for that one. Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> and then there's like a nerdy one, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I feel like that's just Chris Paul to me. <laughs> I'm so glad you said Chris Paul because I didn't say Chris Paul, but I was hoping that somebody else would. Nice. Yeah, that one was kind of a no brainer. And then um, who's the, I don't even remember the actress's name, so I feel really bad about the Chris Paul one. I think it's Alexis Bledel. Okay. Okay. Sorry, Alexis. <laughs> <laughs> And then America Ferrera, I said, might be Paul George just because in the movie you kind of forget about this character. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, what a fantastic cast. So run those, just name them again, all four of them. Okay, Jimmy Butler, Kyle Kuzma, Chris Paul, and Paul George. I love it. I would watch that movie. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> what are yours? Tara, you want to go next? <laughs> okay, so I took it. The thing about the pan, the the books, I don't really. I, I read them or super, read and watched them a super long time ago, so I don't remember much of them, and I did not have time to read the Wikipedia entry to remind myself what it was actually about. But I do remember that the thing that really stood out to me was the fact that the pants fit everybody, even though they were like really drastically different shapes and sizes. I mean, as much as Hollywood actresses can be different shapes and sizes, but like the point was. <laughs> that these pants fit everybody. So I mm-hmm. wanted to just push that to the limit. And so I chose four players who I thought would just really push this concept. And so I went with Boban Marjanovic as one of them, because he's the <laughs> tallest guy in the NBA right now. Um, I was going to go with Taco Fall, but then I was like, he needs time to just settle down and like play in the league and like get his bearings. So uh, if he wasn't so new to the league, I would have cha- chosen Taco Fall, but for now, I've uh, selected Boban Marjanovic. And then, like, on the other end of the spectrum, the smaller, smallest guy in the league, Isaiah Thomas. So he would be another one. And then I wanted to go with somebody who is, like, a little bit – like, Boban is, like, super tall and he's also a big guy. But I wanted to get somebody that had a little girth. And so I chose Joel Embiid because he's got, like, you know, that big caboose. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then to go along with that, I chose like the guy who in my mind was the skinniest, the most slender player in the league. And so that would be Jamal Crawford. Okay. So the, the entire cast goes Boban, Isaiah Thomas, Joel Embiid, and Jamal Crawford. That's, that's my sisterhood of the traveling pants. I would yeah. also watch that movie. Yeah, I would. <laughs> definitely. Okay. How about you, Cassie? <laughs> So I definitely went for a little bit more of a blazer spin here. Um, But I really, I think I would like to see Dame 
Uh, because, I mean, already go, start, going to start in one Hollywood movie. Let's give him another. <laughs> um, CJ, because I thought CJ would be the perfect, you know, sitting in Greece and writing a book kind of oh, thing. Yes. <laughs> um, I picked Nurkic because I just want to know what he's doing on vacation because he's just a wild card of a human and I love it. And then a little throwback for us Blazer fans. I want to know how the Tim Frazier's Chronicles would do. Oh. As they continue this journey. And I know that Dame and Tim already are great friends. And so it made sense. So my cast is Dame, CJ, Nurk, and Tim Frazier. I love it. That's such a good. I like that one too. Yeah. <laughs> You're totally right. I could see CJ like writing, you know, writing a book and writing his stories. That's yeah. awesome. Okay. Great job on the icebreaker this week, ladies. Very well done. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Awesome. So, Katie, I was wondering, could you kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into basketball? Yeah. Um, so, growing up in, uh, I live in Toronto, Canada. So, growing up in, in Canada, I mean, you probably hear it stereotypically, but it is true. People are pretty into hockey. Um, so, I wasn't ever really. And I played basketball in high school. And then, I guess I'll back up a little bit. When there, when when the Raptors were announced or when it was announced that Toronto was getting an expansion team, I voted. They did this big, like uh, our city newspaper did a poll. So you could write into the newspaper and vote for, there was like five different options of what the future team name was going to be. Um, but Jurassic Park had just come out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and I think I was in like, I was in public school. I was maybe in like the fifth or sixth grade. So me, like any other child who was writing into vote, voted for the Raptors because yeah. <laughs> we loved that. We loved that movie. So really good timing for that. Um, so, yeah, when I think like having the team kind of start when I was already at an age when I was looking to get into like kind of any sport and then like basketball itself, I find what I love about it still is it feels always way more accessible than a lot of other sports. And I, you know, some of that is the way that NBA handles um, player autonomy and the way that you feel like you kind of get a sense of everyone's individual personalities and they're, you know, everyone's kind of encouraged to like speak out and just like, even whether it's like develop their own brands or anything really. So you don't really see that in a lot of other pro sports, I feel. And I guess probably a part of me wanted to break away from like, the majority of what people like here, which is hockey, as I mentioned before. So I went through a phase where I was like pretty obsessed with basketball um, through junior high. And I kind of like I moved away from university and the Raptors were terrible at that time. So admittedly kind of forgot about them and fell off the bandwagon a bit. And then right when I got back to Toronto was sort of the beginning of the Lowry DeRozan era. Again, they weren't very good yet, but it started to become something and it felt really like this accessible sport for a lot of people in the city who kind of had this like underdog mentality anyway. Like Toronto sports are not up until this year are not really like winning sports. Like our, <laughs> our teams don't do very well. Um, so I don't know. I feel like the timing just kind of everything just felt like it. I was ready at the right time and the team started getting really good at the right time. So that was sort of my entryway into like overall, like getting back into basketball again in its totality um, was back through the Raptors. 
So when we listed your bio, there were a lot of bylines. So you're a writer and you write for a yeah, lot of different yeah. outlets. How did you start uh, writing about basketball? And then how did you start the uh, NBA Summer Vacation Watch? Yeah, so I kind of started writing. I started writing about basketball for a site called The Classical, um, which kind of exists now, but doesn't really. But it was almost like the first sort of bastion of I'd say of like weird basketball writing online but I started writing for them not seriously I started writing actually NBA fan fiction so I wrote Wait, really long what? <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's NBA fan fiction oh yeah what have we yeah. been doing with our lives oh yeah you gotta yeah oh I'm so excited for you to find out about it um <laughs> I still do one every year, but now I do one only on Halloween. So I'll do like a big Halloween story every year for the classical still, just because I love it so much. Um, but they're just like weird, really, really weird stories. I just would kind of come up with off the top of my head and like have way too much fun with. Um, and then the classical would publish them. So I started that way. And then I guess I felt some hesitancy to like get into it in a serious way, just because of like, you know, women covering any sport and also like it's a boys club I'd say like now I've learned this from writing about it more seriously but I did kind of make the jump from writing about it in a purely fan fiction way over to just covering the Raptors in more of a like news way for a site a local site in Toronto called Raptors Republic mm -hmm. so uh, and then from there it just kind of grew pretty organically like I'm still more concerned not with fan fiction but just generally with more like personality-driven stories. I think, like, that's where I find the most interest, sort of NBA culture, um, overall, like, ch themes and the way things are changing, uh, and also just, yeah, player-driven stories. I think that's what always, like, hooks me. Um, but it's been really cool. I'd say it's been about maybe four years now of writing about it, I guess, semi-seriously. <laughs> but I still like to write about it in a weird and fun way it just kind of sucks because there's less and less places to do that so that's how NBA summer vacation launch about so that was something I started two summers ago um originally for Vice Sports RIP another really cool and fun and weird site that doesn't exist anymore um in terms of just like off the wall a little bit more interesting basketball writing um I think it just started because I generally was going through heavy withdrawal from <laughs> any basketball and at that time like for that year and last summer of course the Raptors were done by April so this was actually the first summer where by the time it was time to start summer vacation watch I was almost like a week behind because the playoffs had just ended and I didn't feel like I had that I wasn't like what's I did I wasn't missing basketball because it had just ended um, oh you poor thing with your team doing so well <laughs> winning the championships yeah so please feel sorry for me and my champion title um <laughs> but yeah like I just thought I thought at first like okay it would be funny to do this once um and maybe just like it'll help other basketball star fans have something funny to read in the middle of the summer but then it went over really well. And then the more I followed guys vacations, the more I saw like, Oh yeah, like these are players who for the most part only have two or three months off. And even then most of them are, will only take like one vacation and a lot of them do camps and a lot of them start training right away. Or if they're like playing in summer league or if they're playing in other tournaments, like the, there's like a really finite time for vacation. So 
I just felt like it has then become uh, my duty <laughs> to cover them and make sure none of them slip through the cracks. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so do you have any highlights from the summer vacation watch this year? Oh, yeah. It's been a great summer. Um, <laughs> it's been it's been really fun. Uh, I feel like the there has been a change this season it, because, again, this is my third summer doing this column um, in that it seems like more guys are taking vacations than ever before. Um, the last two summers, it was really like your big sort of all-star dudes were the ones that were going on vacation. And sometimes when you were, when I was getting really desperate to like find vacations, I'd have to deep dive down to like third tier bench guys Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, you know, find out where they were, what they were doing, if they were doing anything. Um, but this summer everyone, and there was a real spectrum. So like really flashy fun vacations to really like kind of sad, not, no, I would never say a vacation is sad. We can get into the rating system if you like, but I've, uh, (laughs) yes. (laughs) we would like (laughs) it's completely arbitrary but I would say first that I would never say any vacation is terrible because if they didn't exist then there wouldn't be summer vacation watch so I'm grateful for every vacation that any NBA player takes (laughs) um but the rating system was is completely arbitrary uh but I feel like I've gotten really good at it if that makes sense so okay i want want to dive into the rating system a little bit (laughs) like how uh and then maybe uh associate that with some of the the current players who are on vacation do you because i've read your columns and they're they're really funny and you have like a rating and the rating always is just like just really specific to you know carl anthony towns and it'll be like totally specific to like the whatever the thing is that carl anthony towns is doing but really like when you're like judging the um or or looking at the different aspects of an nba player's vacation like do you actually have like a, a system <laughs> or is it like pure eye test I think some hard and fast rules have definitely come out of this, which is mostly the the big one is if anyone's in a pool or around a pool, they can't be working out. So then it just doesn't count. It like will not count as a vacation. Um, there's a gray area sometimes, like a lot of guys go on vacation and they still want to work out on the beach. So I'm not going to you know disqualify them for that, but I prefer they were just lounging on the beach or just swimming or just like frolicking in the water frolicking good having somebody run around behind you like wrapped in one of those like elastic bands while you're running uphill that's bad (laughs) yeah but then there's always gray areas like for example last summer jimmy butler went on this whirlwind summer vacation which was incredible but like he ended up in uh, mykonos in greece and he was on the beach but he was in this beautiful like flowing tunic and but he was working out with one of those elastic bands and a guy behind him, like trying to pull him. But he was in his vacation clothes, just kind of like smiling, his dazzling smile on this like beautiful Greek island beach. And then later he went to a rave and James Harden was there. <laughs> um, and it was like this, he was in the same outfit. So I was kind of like, you know, I can't really dock him points for this because he's on vacation to us. To me, I'm like, that shouldn't count. Like, you should just be relaxing 100%. But maybe that wasn't a really strenuous workout for him. Yeah. Maybe he just wanted to see (laughs) if he could, like, get full range of motion in the new outfit. In the tunic. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) Tunic testing. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, basically like, I just, I don't want to see too much, uh, gym activity adjacent to vacation activity. And another rule, but this is more a matter of personal taste is I feel like consistently the Australian players always are bad at vacations. Oh. Matthew Della Vadova, Aaron Baines, who are also consistently guys I do not like to watch on the court, <laughs> but they're always kind of lousy at, at having a good time. Really? Like, can you, can you talk about that a little bit more? Yeah. Um, so last summer, Matthew Delvedovo like exclusively worked out in pools. So any picture <laughs> he posted or shared of himself, he would be like in this beautiful pool by the ocean working out. Or like there's one picture of him. I think it was from earlier this summer. He's just walking into the ocean, but he's basically fully clothed. <laughs> <laughs> so just like anyone you would know, you'd be like, hey, maybe you want to put on a swimsuit or take your clothes off. Like, that's not how you do it. Just always seems to be kind of surprised or unsure of how to do vacations. Um, and then Aaron Baines was on top of this beautiful mountain in Hawaii earlier this summer. But he was wearing like the slobbiest outfit. And I really wonder how he got up there. He was wearing slip flops that looked like they were about to like blow out. He was wearing sweat shorts that I think he had just cut into shorts um and just like a gross like a you know tank tops on guys when they are the the armhole like when they've just cut the armholes off or when they have like the super giant armhole go down to like yeah <laughs> like super stretched um he was wearing that and he was just like flexing on top of this beautiful vista but it was like it was like a really bad postcard you would send to someone like wish you weren't here <laughs> <laughs> This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys... It's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. We love a breakdown on what some of our Blazers are doing this summer and how they stack up against um, other player, other teams in terms of their summer vacation abilities. Yeah, and I, I think you'll be pretty happy because I got to say, the Blazers are like blowing a lot of other guys out of the water. Oh, well, they're from having your great... mouth to God's ears. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're having fantastic vacations. Um, I think like the one that stands out to me is Hassan Whiteside. Um, so it seems like when he got to Portland, you can tell me maybe, do you have like a beautiful Japanese garden there? <laughs> 
Yes, we do. <laughs> okay. Because he's visited it, at least from what I can see from what he's documented it, at least three times. Yeah. Um, so he's just, but at first I was like, okay, he seems to really like this garden. Why not? It looks super therapeutic. But then a friendship kind of emerged. There's like a koi fish <laughs> he visits yes. that he started calling Party Boy Steve. <laughs> Yes. I love party boys. <laughs> Is it your real koi fish? Um, yes. I don't think he had that name previous to Hassan Whiteside moving to okay. Portland. Okay. Um, maybe he did. I don't really know, but I know that he really does love that fish. Okay. Cause I, I was like, maybe this is just of Portland lore. Party boy, Steve. <laughs> I'm sure there's some guy running around. Who considers himself part of Portland lore and he calls himself Party Boy Steve. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is new. The fish is new. Yeah. Okay, good. Good. Um, So that that was like amazing in of itself. But then he just seems to be like having the best summer. He was in uh, Vegas for Summer League. But he then, I think he went back and he stayed. I don't know if Steve Aoki has a house there. um, But he stayed there. But Steve Aoki wasn't there. But he played... Hassan Whiteside played chess at one point with a Steve Aoki wax figure. Oh. (laughs) (gasps) It's extremely creepy. (laughs) Um, And then most recently this week, he, I don't know which theme park he was at, but he was at a theme park with some of his friends uh, and he got the photos. He paid for the photos that you get at the end uh, when they take a, a picture of you on the ride, but, he definitely did a thing where he tilted it on his phone, so it looks like it's a sheer vertical drop. He's doing the the hand sign that's like "call me." <laughs> wow! So you're saying that he was getting technical and doctoring photos to make them look even more impressive? I wouldn't say he. I wouldn't go so far to say as he doctored it. He doctored it in as much as he maybe took some liberties with the slant of like how he took photo of the photo on his iPhone. <laughs> Just because the pose that he's in and the actually I was looking at the safety bar on the ride and I was like, I don't think that's really up to code. It's just like lap bar. Wow. You're really doing some deep dives. You have to. (laughs) Uh, And then I think, I mean, Damian Lillard's also had like a great vacation. He, during free agency, I think he really, um, he came through for me in a big way. He helped calm me down because he, he had this beautiful picture of him in this gigantic infinity pool that was looking out at the ocean. And he was just like holding this really refreshing look, looking summer beverage. Um, it was like a really nice reflective moment and all the insanity, especially of Kawhi leaving Toronto. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then for a week after that, it was a different pool, but for a week, almost every single day, he would check in on Instagram and do an Instagram live. where He was just in the pool reading messages that people were sending him. So you don't consider that work, like interacting with fans, that's not work because he's in a pool? Yeah, yeah. And he, he seemed pretty casual. He wasn't like doing it for a, like a branding opportunity. He was almost like he accidentally turned it on to the live feature one day and then he liked it so much he did it every other day. <laughs> <laughs> that seems very um, Damien. Yeah, it was super cute. <laughs> And uh, CJ McCollum also had a great start. He started by going to Canada's Wonderland, which is just actually outside of Toronto. So I think he was there. It was also during free agency, unfortunately. So a lot of people here were losing their minds a little bit. They thought 
we got him. He's coming oh, to Toronto. <laughs> wow. So he posted yeah. like during like the whole free agency period, he was like, he posted something that indicated that he was in Toronto. He was riding rides. Yeah. With his friends. He was riding roller coasters. And of course at that time, Toronto fans were ex- explicitly more desperate than usual. So yeah, we really read between the lines on that one too hard. There's going to be a trade. Oh my God. You know, we can totally relate to that. Like we had Cassidy, remember the great airport um, chase when um, I can't remember. Jason, one of our writers was chasing, was like rushing to the airport because he heard that. I think it was Festus Azili was on someone's <laughs> flight. And so he like some friend of his sent him a message from a flight saying that Festus Azili was on his airplane. So we like rushed to the thing and like all of Portland was on the edge of their seat waiting to find yeah. out what happened. <laughs> okay. So you, I, I don't feel so bad to say that. Good, good, okay. good. Yeah. But he was just there for a friend's bachelor party as it turned out. <laughs> but then he, he immediately after he took his girlfriend on a tropical vacation cause she passed her CDCA dental exam. Uh, which I thought was pretty nice. So yeah, my favorite was CJ was like, he got in one of those mobility scooters at the grocery store. Um, and the basket was super loaded up with like chips and like barbecue fix. Like I think like some ice cube in there, there was a couple condiments, but it's a video. Someone took of him and he's just doing donuts, but he's going backwards. <laughs> CJ, that seems dangerous. <laughs> he's having like he's not even really laughing he just has this gigantic smile on his face and then he almost runs a woman over (gasps) and then he stops and he's he gets he like springs out and is extremely apologetic uh (laughs) but he looks just like still so happy like oh no i was caught but like i was having the best time Um, (laughs) it was it was really good uh and then maybe you can tell me more about this because this seemed like a huge thing on his stories, but Kent Bazemore, does he do like a big Uno tournament every summer or is there one? Uh, no, apparently he does do one. We learned that from uh, somebody. I, I talked to somebody from Atlanta who said that, yeah, that's a, a big thing that Kent Bazemore loves Uno and he has like a fundraiser every year. <laughs> I thought that was really cute. I mean, it doesn't technically count as a vacation, but it seems like a fun, fun way to spend an afternoon. So <laughs> Mini vacation? A staycation? A working vacation, maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, I don't know if he counts for you yet, but Pau Gasol has been having... Pau Gasol always has good vacations, because I think he's just the kind of man who... I've been calling them, like, Pau's wows, which is... He always <laughs> seems like he just stepped out in Spain somewhere to, like, go get groceries, go get a coffee, and he ends up, like, on a speedboat off the coast of Italy... <laughs> in the mountains in like Montserrat being like wow how did I get here so you've got a good one with Pau as well so you're saying very lucky. are the the Blazers know how to have a good vacation or at least they know how to document a good vacation <laughs> I'd say they know how because there's more than one it's not just one vacation they've all consistently had more than one good time this summer uh and that's like you know I've always I always do summer vacation watch always ends with the um mvp award (laughs) and i've never done another award but maybe i'm gonna do like a team a team award (laughs) are we breaking news here heard it here first we might might be (laughs) i mean step up everybody else because frankly like the squad they've got summer on lockdown 
Nice. Well, it's it's been, you know, because we've had a lot of turnover on the Blazers and we I mean, Evan Turner was kind of a Twitter, Instagram, social media star for the Blazers. Yeah. And so we're kind of still smarting from that loss. Yeah, no. And I don't think, let me just check. You know, Evan Turner actually deleted, I think he deleted his Instagram. What? <gasps> Did he? Because I think. <gasps> what? <laughs> More breaking news. I think he did. Because in past years, unless you like change the name to something you cannot find, but in past years, he's like featured heavily. As you said, he's like a big social media guy, but I think he deleted it because I haven't, he hasn't featured at all this summer. All right. I am looking up Evan Turner right now. I'm not finding him either. (gasps) (laughs) What are we on to? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, we're going to have to find somebody from, where is he now? Atlanta. We'll have to track, we'll have to try to track down somebody who can tell us what in the world. He's still on Twitter. So he's still on Twitter. I think. (laughs) Oh no. Now I'm checking Twitter. This is no, this he's still be. on Twitter. He's still on Twitter. Okay. Yeah, he's on Twitter, but I don't know. Like, that's I, not where you're sharing your vacation. So I was like, I went onto Instagram on my desktop and I typed in his name, and for just one second, his old password or his old name showed up and then it disappeared. And now I can't find it. This is, oh. this is a mystery. This is going to be a summer mystery. <laughs> Forget Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. We need like. Instagram she wrote or something like that. <laughs> okay, we got we got a few more questions to get through. We wow, this, okay. is really a lot. this is action packed. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like you're thinking workout videos do not count as part of a vacation, especially for summer vacation watch. I'm wondering how you felt about Damian Lillard's workout video from last year dressed as a superhero. Does that uh, count as vacation? It seems fun. Yeah. yeah. So we should, this is a great question. There's always gray areas. Um, <laughs> and most recently I really struggled with this with Buddy Healed because uh, a lot of people are like, well, like, is it, is it, is Buddy Healed actually having a vacation if he just goes home for the summer? Like if he just goes back to the Bahamas and a lot of his uh, videos are sometimes him like working out on the beach but what happens when I'm looking at them is I'm smiling and I'm really happy. So I think that negates okay. any concern of like whether or not it's a vacation. I think you got to trust your gut. And it's sometimes like, you know, it's a vacation if you feel like it is. So, yes, I think those pictures, he was taking a vacation from um, the ordinary by dressing up as a superhero. <laughs> and. He was having a lot of fun, wasn't he? I remember those photos. Yeah, and he, he was having a great time. He definitely made us laugh and feel happy. <laughs> and yeah, and so then you're like, what's the takeaway? You feel great. You've had a little vacation. That's what it's all about. You have a vacation from your normal life. That's what you can hope for with the summer vacation watch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so of all these uh uh, p- images, pictures, things that you've obviously studied very carefully – um, some friendships develop. I mean, obviously, there's like the, <laughs> the biggest friendship of all is, of course, the banana boat friendship, which started at a summer vacation. And like, I'm kind of wondering how important these friendships are that develop during the summer times. Do you have any thoughts on, 
you know, how important that is, like, when it comes to, like, getting teams together or guys finding each other? Do you think that they're just, like, we shouldn't even read anything into them? And the reason I'm asking is because Portland is on Kevin Love Watch. And, like, you can't oh. turn around these days without seeing CJ and Kevin, like, doing something together, like a podcast or uninterrupted or drinking wine together. So how important <laughs> do you think – you know, these friendships that develop on Instagram are? I think they're kind of tricky because I think there's hits and misses. Like the banana boat, I don't know if you'll agree, but like the banana boat friendship, it really was like the best of times. And then now it seems like they're forever going to be chasing, like getting the banana boat band back together. And I don't think it's ever going to happen. And it's sad. It's kind of a bummer. And like a lot of those careers... Not all, but some have gone by the wayside since. So, you know, summer friendships can really burn bright and then just like fade like a comet plummeting to earth. <laughs> so that's a beautiful there's like way to yeah. talk about <laughs> a, b- a banana boat inflatable comet that turns into a burning up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I'd say you've got to be careful, uh, but they're also like super beautiful, extremely fun. I think like for me, the weirdest, sometimes uncomfortable friendship from this summer has been D'Angelo Russell and Devin Booker. Um, mostly because they're taking like vacations, like some, someone's like older aunts would take. <laughs> I, in my opinion, <laughs> they did like, they went to one of those like paint cafes uh, and painted some illicit, they painted a woman's butt. But they both painted the same butt. So I know this is a G-rated show, so I won't go into it. But it was extremely uncomfortable. But they were so proud of their work. Um, so they, they like went to got... one of those wine places where you drink <laughs> yeah. wine and like yes. somebody tells them, instructs you on how to paint a picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that. And these are like huge canvases. <laughs> um, and they painted and a woman like sitting on a beach in a bikini with like a G-string bikini, as I recall. They just painted the butt. <laughs> yep. There's there's no and there's no background. The 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 woman in question is not posed anywhere. It's just like a butt floating in space. <laughs> well, okay, I'm not gonna judge. Um their first sip in paint is, you know, you never know where it's gonna lead you. That's true. Maybe they're just getting their creative juices going. Sure. Um they got really into wine. I don't know if maybe from the, the painting experience, but they both went to Napa together, which was kind of cute and funny. And most recently, they met up in Aspen and were like paddleboarding down rivers together and just like taking selfies and smiling. In one of the pictures, there's just like two moose on the banks, like in the distance. Uh, so, you know, that's a pretty, I feel like that's a good friendship. They're at similar points in their career where it's not really going to, harm or hurt either of them you know I think it will be actually pretty helpful for them but Kevin Love I have to say for like optics wise he he's been really vacationing hard um he some of his vacations I find they're annoying to me but I can't deny that he's been kind of on vacation since summer started but um he's like he's been vacationing with his girlfriend and they did a bunch of like I don't know they were they're both extremely like good looking people and they're extremely fit, but they're just like 
being airdropped into like glacial lakes in Canada and like kayaking. Kevin Love never has a shirt on, <laughs> but he's just like posing on ATVs or in like a kayak on a glacial lake. And I, do, I just find vacations like that. If you want to go back to the rating system, like it looks fun, but is it believable? Not really. So they don't rate that high for me, but he has kind of been like lone wolfing it. A lot of the vacations, like I would love to actually see him on vacation with CJ. I think he could really like give Kevin Love a sort of down to earth vacation um, feel that he's missing right now. Yeah. It sounds like you feel, feel like Kevin is like a little bit like unmoored and just kind of floating around and between lots of, you know, ideal vacations, but you don't see like a theme connecting. He's trying too hard, maybe. And like CJ strikes me as someone who just tries exactly as much as he wants for himself. <laughs> Until he backs up over some lady's foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he, he has fun till it's not, but then he's prepared to apologize and see where he went wrong. But like Kevin Love is just on this other like echelon of vacationing where none of it seems realistic or attainable. <laughs> okay so one of the questions i constantly have while looking at players vacation photos especially kevin love and Cantor, are who <laughs> is taking these pictures like they're on this idyllic beach posing like crazy who is who has the camera like what is going on here <laughs> yeah this is this is this comes up a lot because like I don't know. Dudes are always like, they're after the shot. Like, and I love them for it. Like Jimmy Butler is, is like a fiend for this. Like this, the vacation I mentioned last summer where he was just like seemingly alone in, in the most beautiful places in Italy on like gondola rides in Venice, like posing in the street in outfits that like match like these beautiful palazzos and they're like, you know, pastel colors. There was one picture of him like in an old timey phone booth. <laughs> like pretending to call someone but like someone's taking the shot because they're beautifully composed photos so and that vacation I like I never really learned because it looked like in Italy he was completely alone only Didn't when he, he got to Greece Mark Wahlberg Ooh, I don't like that but probably because they're good friends <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy could use another Jimmy's a guy who could actually use uh, like a vacation an NBA vacation friend not Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> Maybe he can show up at the next painting party. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. Have, I think he wouldn't get along with those guys. But like, like that might be kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Kevin Love. I think like he gets at least on those trips I mentioned. Like his girl, his very kind girlfriend who is a model. So I feel like she's got some good camera sensibility. Is taking pictures for him. Okay. Um, but some other guys. I have no idea. Like, you know, they're not just like asking anybody on the, on the beach. Like, could you take my photo real quick? <laughs> so I think they always have a bit of a silent entourage. Like they probably have like one friend that they're like, yeah, you can like, I'll pay for you to come on this trip with me, but you can never appear in any of my photos. <laughs> Be a good trade off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that sounds fair. Well, so we've talked a whole bunch about summer vacation. We should start wrapping up our conversation now. But my, I'm just wondering if there's anything that you are particularly looking forward to this season, either based off of the summer vacation or just or not. Uh, I mean, I'm looking forward to it's always a bit bittersweet because like in some ways, like people are like 
you're really into this. I'm like, yeah, like earnestly, it's kind of one of my favorite times of the year. <laughs> uh, and then I forget that regular basketball is going to be starting soon. Um, but I would say that uh, I wonder if it will change this year, but in years past, a good vacation hasn't necessarily determined um, a good regular season or like it's a regular season that's like better or worse. So unfortunately you can't take, you can kind of take the vacations as what they are. Maybe to go back to the earlier analogy of like the banana boat <laughs> flaming to earth. <laughs> they're here and they're gone. Um, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm always excited for basketball to get going again. I think like free agency was particularly wild this year. Uh, it will be a, a whole new kind of hurt. I think for like most Toronto fans who say we've gotten over it, but to realize like, Oh yeah, Kawhi doesn't play here for real <laughs> anymore. Um, so I think like, I'm looking forward to getting used to what's kind of a new team for Toronto, essentially. Like we've got some key pieces, but a lot of new guys and also seeing how some of these like big, big moves are going to shake out. Like are the Lakers going to work? I don't know. <laughs> Things like that. I also think I was thinking about this, obviously because you're both Blazers fans, but you've got a really fun, like really good team. Mm-hmm. Not to like jinx yeah. anything, but like, like you had a great season last year, but like now you've got all these other uh, incredible pieces. And I think like, it's just going to be a team that like has the most fun. And in my opinion, those are the teams that are always going to sneak up and like do the best mm-hmm. during the regular season. Perfect. Yeah. I like the way <laughs> that sounds. <laughs> I know we talked a lot about summer vacation, but I'm wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about the Basketball Feelings newsletter that you write. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, Basketball Feelings kind of started as, a guess, an experiment. Um, I think I mentioned before just, like, the way I like to write about basketball in general is more, like, personality-driven, NBA cultural-driven stories, and there's not, there hasn't always necessarily been an outlet for a lot of the things I have sort of knee jerk reactions to. And I mean, I guess that's why anybody starts a newsletter because you're like, I have more to say. Um, But it's, it's kind of snowballed in a, in a really like surprising way. I'm super grateful and thankful for, like, I guess I'll just like can get really into something on any given week. And at first I thought I'd have a, a hard time kind of like having something to say every week especially like putting yourself on the hook to try and be consistent to people who have like committed to wanting to read what you have to say. Um, but this past season there, that was no problem because like something happened every single week, whether it was like player drama or like league announcements, um, just kind of really like microcosm things. I guess it's just, it's a good opportunity. I find to like drill down into things and also to get like super sentimental, super emotional, super into my own feelings because I think like that's the way I digest basketball. And I can't like, I know a lot of people say like you should divorce those two things, but that's not actually how I watch basketball. So why would I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. that That's awesome. I mean, we, you, the most recent one, or maybe it was a couple weeks ago, it was about Kyle Lowry and you were kind of comparing it to just like, you know, his career and sort of the trajectory in Toronto and you were comparing it with like the feeling of floating in the lake 
And it was just, it was just really interesting. And like, we've been talking and giggling about really super silly things, but you're a really good writer. I want to make sure that people know that they should totally read <laughs> this stuff you. because <laughs> your writing is really good. And it, even so I, I've read other stuff of yours, even stuff that's not about basketball. You, you do a really good job. So even though we were like giggling about a lot of stuff, there's, there's good, you know, solid stuff. Not that summer vacations aren't good, solid stuff, but I think you made a really important point about this is how you consume basketball. And I think one of the, I'm going to get on my soapbox here, but like I, I firmly believe there's no one right way to consume basketball. And if you're someone who loves it because of the way it makes you feel, that's great. And if you're somebody who loves it because you're like hardcore into statistical analysis, that's great. If you're somebody, you know, like me, who's a mom and whose kids grew up and you had to like fake adopt a bunch of kids and you decided to do it, really get into <laughs> basketball, you know, that's like whatever it is that, that, um, that you're into that's a good reason to watch basketball and like you were to bring it back to the beginning, what you were saying about how basketball players are really accessible, you know, the way they kind of lay their lives out there on social media for us to consume, you know, we all find different pieces of interest and different things that spark us. And it's all, it all revolves around this game. So anyway, yeah, me. No, absolutely. No, 100%. You said it better than I could in that moment, for sure. <laughs> so so we got to wrap it up here. Cassie, do you have any last questions? Well, I'm kind of wondering, where can people find your work? Yeah, Um. so I Summer Vacation Watch is probably, I mean, I'm always hopeful. But realistically, we've got another two, maybe stretch three weeks on our hands. So uh, you can find that on Yahoo Sports Canada. Um, and I am also sort of starting a, I guess it's like more of a freelance residency. Is that a thing? Uh, but I'll be writing a lot more content for Dime Mag on Uproc. So, um, covering more like news items there, doing some more long form, uh, writing. And then everything else is just sort of like, I mean, basketball feelings, please subscribe to basketball feelings. If you would like, it's on Substack, uh, it's basketballfeelings.substack.com. Um, and anything else, like probably best to follow me on Twitter if you would like. Uh, my name on there is at whatevs, W-T-E-V-S. And that's, you know, we all we all post our things there. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us this week, Katie. It was very fun to talk to you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. And that's going to do it for this week's Hoops and Talks podcast. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Twitter at Hoops and Talks, and to subscribe to the show in the Blazers Edge podcast feed on whatever platform you use to get your podcasts. We love email, so send us an email with your icebreaker ideas, questions, or maybe where you want to go on vacation or which NBA players you want to see go on vacation. And our email is hoopsandtalks at gmail.com. You can find Tara at TCBBigs and me at Cassidy Gemmett on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening and hope you're enjoying your summer vacations.